welcome to Camp Adulthood and the Resident Youth. I'm the Resident Youth, Maddie Yergi. And I'm Camp Adulthood, Shay Keats. And today we are joined by an esteemed guest. Like, we're super excited, (laughs) internet listeners, because this is our first uh, real guest um, who is not a friend that we basically coerced with promises of alcohol and snacks. Wow. So, a real person that we didn't meet before this recording, so this is very exciting. (laughs) So, we want to welcome Mike Coscarelli, who's a comedian and a co host of the Social Villains podcast. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate Thank you, you for uh, having me out. Oh, I hit the flag. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> Trekking all the way down from Queens, braving the seven train. For the it's day. not too far. It's a straight shot right over, uh, right over to Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, we're in Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, straight shot. It's a piece of cake. Yeah. Trust me, I've gone to much, much farther and harder places, places yeah. to record podcasts. <laughs> totally. Um, so, Mike, can you start by giving us, uh, just telling us a little bit about yourself, kind sure. of your name, obviously, we already know your name, where you were, uh, what year you were Every born, Every time I where say Mike from. Coscarelli, I, it's Corinne Fisher's voice in my head that's like, Mike Coscarelli. Yeah, that's oh what I, uh, most, most women it's in fine. your age bracket tell me the same thing, to be honest. <laughs> I've, I've, I'm part of that little satellite network now. You yeah. want to know, like... Like personal stuff, like like where yeah, I was born like and stuff. How old you are? Where? Sure. Yeah, personal stuff. Give uh, us your story, Mike. My story. I'm yeah. 27 years old. About to be 28 next month. So that month. puts you. You were born in 1989. 1989. Yeah, yeah. You and Taylor Swift. Eight or nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's good to know. Uh, 1989. Yeah, born in Freehold, New Jersey. Uh, which is the hometown of Bruce Springsteen, actually. Ooh, yeah, very New Jersey. Uh, it's very New Jersey. I'm about as New Jersey as you. I, I've been trying to fight it for years, but <laughs> it just keeps coming out yeah. harder and harder. Sometimes um, you just have to embrace it. I guess, yeah, at this point, it doesn't seem to be a reason to not do that. Um, we were born in 1989 in Freehold, New Jersey. Uh, I grew up in Edison, New Jersey. Spent about 14 years there. Went to elementary school, middle school, and a year of high school. Uh, and then I moved down to, my parents moved us down to the Jersey Shore when I was yeah, very 14. Nice. Yeah. Um, to a place where I didn't fit in at all, Howell, New <laughs> Jersey. I uh, lived there until I went to college in Union, New Jersey at Kane University. Okay. Uh, I commuted, so I still lived at home. But then I Is moved. Is that where um, Stephen went? I thought he said Drew University. Uh, okay. Drew? That's yeah. Different. Is he that also a place? Commuted. Okay. Yeah. We were like, maybe you guys are secret friends. Steven? What's Steven's last name? Steven um, Floyd. Floyd. Steven Floyd. Don't know him. No. <laughs> Might nice have been guy. A different co- Doesn't mean he didn't go to the same college. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I definitely don't know him if he did. I was just like one syllable New Jersey commuter. Yeah, it's close. Like, definitely. Could be, yeah, I see could the, be the same thing. Yeah. Association. Um, and then I did, uh, I went to, I actually worked at Disney World in my early oh. 20s for six what months. What did you do there? I was a... Were you Aladdin? No. No, I wasn't Aladdin. I wasn't a face (laughs) character. You had to audition for that. I didn't know Yeah, I've heard it's really, like, competitive. Yeah, it's very laborious. Yeah. It's, uh, from what I... uh, So I I applied for this college program thing Mm -hmm. when I was, like, 20... I think I was 22 when I did it. And uh, I applied for this college program thing, and I put on my application. uh, They were like, what are you interested in? And I, like, one of the options was entertainment. Mm -hmm. So I was like, like, yeah, I could just be, like, a... I could be like a Disney prince or something. Yeah, that'd be fun. And then... No, I will say for our internet listeners, not to like butter Mike up, but he is rather handsome. He has nice (laughs) nice hair. Thank you very much. I feel like I have the the Disney hair gone. Even with the sweat. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's that to it. Oh, wow. That's the first time I heard that. Um, yeah, so they gave me this option to do entertainment, and I had the phone interview because it's such a big, uh, like nationwide search for these college kids to do this, uh, you know, pretty much um, uh, unskilled labor. Uh, 
that when I had the interview with the lady, she's like, so what were you, what were you interested in doing? And I was like, well, you know, I, I was thinking maybe I, I'd probably be like a good, like, uh, like prince or whatever. Like yeah. I, could, I could do that. Oh, no. We stand and talk to kids and everything. Just doing this a lot. Yeah. 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 Just doing a whole lot of just be a very like uh, awkward, neurotic Prince Eric or something. Perfect. And, uh, this lady's like, oh yeah, well, did you, did you go to any of the, the auditions? I see you're like from, you're near New York city. Did you go to an audition in New York? Like, did you hear? I was like, I, no, I didn't know I had to do any of that. <laughs> so what like, did you end up doing since you were not a Disney prince? I worked at the Rock and Roller Coaster, oh. which was the, uh, it's, if you've never been, it's a, there's a, there's like a Hollywood themed mm-hmm. um, park in Disney World. So Hollywood Studios has this, um, mm-hmm. this roller coaster that Aerosmith is like the stars of, quote unquote. Oh my God. And it's, uh, it's their one, like, adult roller coaster. Cool. And I just, like, push the buttons and help people get on the... I saw Steven miserable. Tyler eating at a halal cart. Here in New York? In Union Square one time. Yeah? Oh, mm-hmm. that's nice. That must have been a sight to be seen. It was. It was my... I lived on Union Square my freshman year at NYU, and I walked out of my dorm, and there was, like, a halal cart right there, and Steven Tyler was eating at it, and I was like, this is it. I would have actually been mildly terrified. I'm a little afraid of At first of him. I thought it was like an old woman. I'm yeah, he's, like, yeah. he's a weird looking old guy. Yeah. yeah. But so. then I... Not a normal looking person. I was like, nope, Steven Tyler. Yeah. Yep. Can't miss it. Excellent. Yeah. That's very cool. So what are you doing now in New York? Uh, in New York, I'm a stand-up comedian. Uh, I play some of the clubs in New York City and do a lot of the bar show circuit and uh, coffee shops and stuff and then do some road work outside the city. Uh, and I'm also... Uh, a podcast producer, or just a producer, period, I guess, to say, to, god damn, I'm sorry, to limit it to that, I think is, like, weird. Here's the thing, with, with comedy, you kind of have to have your hand in a lot of different yeah. people's pockets, mm-hmm. so it's stand-up, plus it's also, like, you gotta do sketch writing, plus you gotta, like, help somebody, you know, do this web series, and do this podcast, and do all this stuff, so it's just kind of like a, it's just comedy overall, I think, is, like, the best way to say it, but, mm-hmm. you know, just trying to favorite? work piece of doing it do you love the stand-up do you love writing or is it- stand-up's my favorite mm-hmm. um i didn't think it would be because when i started stand-up i kind of the plan was to do that to try to get into more writing stuff and and i was like oh maybe i'll write maybe i can write for snl eventually and i'll start by doing stand-up and then that'll get me like that'll get me some heat <laughs> which i was that was crazy to think that'll get me some heat and then i'll get like a writing job or whatever but then the more you do it and the better you get at it, um, it becomes very fun because you can just go do it. That's the one thing. Out of all these little moving pieces with comedy, it's the one thing that you could just go do. It seems you know? fulfilling out of... Yeah, You well, kind of see is. the fruits of your labor. You're in front of an audience. Right. The, the weird thing about it is um, you can kind of see the fruits of your labor, but the problem is your bar, your personal bar keeps getting raised. So you get mm-hmm. to a point where when you first go on stage... The mission this is, is like, crazy. yeah, I'm just here, like just yeah. being there. Is yeah, being there is, yeah, it's a huge step. Yeah. So like that's step one, and then step two is like, all right, maybe maybe I'll get him to laugh this time, <laughs> and then you get him to laugh, <laughs> and then the bar goes to like, all right, maybe I'll get maybe I'll get a, a couple more laughs this time, and then the bar gets to the point where you start seeing, first off, some of your peers get really better, and you're like, well, I got to compete with this person now. Like I have to be, it's like a friendly competition. Sometimes it's not friendly, but it's a <laughs> it's a friendly competition. Like you want to be when totally. your friends start coming up. You gotta be like, oh man, I gotta, I gotta be as good as that person because we started together. We should be on the same. And if we're not, like, I have to do something to get on the same field, like the playing yeah. field as this person. So it, it's weird because the fruits of your labor kind of sneak up on you. It's when you look back, you get to like, like I'll be, I'll be doing it about four years oh, next wow. month, roughly, and I can see the improvement and I can see the difference. But you don't see it unless you really like go back and 
go through your old notebooks and go back to old recordings. Yeah, and you're like, what was I doing? Yeah, yeah. 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 You're like, God damn, did I suck? And it's like, I still suck, but I sucked worse then, <laughs> you know? So no, it's weird. Totally. I mean, that happens in every field. Like, even yesterday, I work, oh, I work at a bank, and my boss was, like, looking for something. He was like, I need this. It was, like, a hard copy, like, a packet or something that he had given to me, like, last summer. And mm-hmm. he was like, do you still have it? And I was like, I might have it in, like, a drawer somewhere. And I came across my notebook from when I was an intern, mm-hmm. and I started leaping through it, and I was like, I was such a noob. Yeah. Like, the stuff that I wrote down yeah, that I was like, like, this is important. You have to remember this. I was like, I don't. Yeah. 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 It was funny. Now it's all in your brain. It's good stuff. Yeah. All right. So, Mike, what is your particular brand of comedy, if you had to describe... Um, yeah, what's I, your personal brand? My personal yeah. brand. I think it's kind of still being um, um, created. It's not really 100% there yet. Yeah. I think it's a little sillier. Um, but at the same time, it um, it pushes people a little bit. I kind of like that. I like to get some responses out of people where they laugh at something that they, Maybe they didn't expect to laugh well, at Yeah, or they didn't want to. <laughs> when you hear something, that's a great feeling. And, I mean, I don't do that as intensely as a lot of other... Like, you mentioned Corinne Fisher from the Guys We Fucked podcast before. Um, Corinne's boyfriend, James Myers, is a good friend of mine. I was when I introduced the two of them. And James... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, they met at my birthday party. Nice. Oh, happy <laughs> birthday, Mike. <laughs> yeah. James is... Um, James has developed his act into this very, like... Um, very sta- like every 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 set is a fight with the audience. Yeah, I've mm. seen James do stand. Have you seen James? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. It's, recently, it's, it's interesting. Probably like five or six months ago. Not like super recently, but sure. All right, that's yeah. still that's probably right around the time he started really Leading pushing into it. it. Yeah, yeah. The, and James, when James is at his best, and I think that we're similar in this way, but James does does a hundred miles an hour faster than I do it. But like James will. Like, I, I think I try to tiptoe around certain things where I try to get people on my side in a way. Like, I'll throw out a, a premise of something that's a little um, abnormal, and then I'll try to be like, boo, hear me out. Like, Give us an example. Try to, not to put you on the spot. Shay has a yeah, tendency. Usually, and I'm refraining with, with myself right guests. now. I usually, like, badger our guests into performing, and I'll be like, there's a guitar in the other room. Why don't you bring it in and play? <laughs> so I was going to be but no, polite. If, so sure. I'm like, we don't know. I've never seen you, you do stand-up. Sure, yeah, yeah. I've, I've yeah. listened to the the podcast and stuff, sure. which we can go into later. But if we're we've we've never met you, we yeah, haven't seen your stand-up. Yeah. Get right, us so on your side a little delayed bit. Delayed us. So one of the so one of the, like the one of the bits that I have that's like it's kind of a tough sell at first until you really get into it. And I'm still writing a lot of like I'm, I haven't completed the bit yet. Not that it's like ever yeah. quote unquote completed. Yeah. But um uh for a while my closer was this bit about how I have a sister with Down syndrome. And a lot of people usually when they hear that my sister has Down syndrome, they'll ask, like, they go into this mode where they're like, oh, you know, those kids, they're just, they're just such <laughs> angels. They're the nicest yeah. kids. You know, they're just beautiful, beautiful creatures. Uh, and I find that very patronizing because mm-hmm. I think that when people do that, they're not giving those kids enough credit to have their own personalities, mm-hmm. you know, and people don't seem to understand it just because my sister has Down syndrome doesn't mean she isn't a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. So it's like that's a that's the type of and then the whole the the bit kind of like that funnels down from that. So it's like you throw the premise out first. It's like all right, my sister with Down syndrome is a bitch. Yeah. And then you got to wait a second and you got to try to get the audience to be like, I'm listening. Yeah. Just tell me tell me about your your bitchy Down syndrome sister, you know. <laughs> and then it funnels down to like, 
Yeah, all right. Uh, she's a bitch. This is why. Because, you know, she, the whole, uh, the premise is, you know, she exploits the fact that she has Down syndrome. Like, she's smart enough Does to know. Really? Yeah. yeah, absolutely. That's funny. Oh my God. She's smart enough to know that she has a disability and she can milk mm-hmm. things out of people. So, like, when we were kids, that was something that she constantly did. She picked up on the fact that people were kind of overly sympathetic to her. So she would try to pounce on that and like even just little things not like it was anything huge but it was like i can remember going to an ice skating rink with her my my Mm -hmm. other sister used to um she used to figure skate that was her like like thing growing up you know and um there was a ice skating rink in woodbridge new jersey that we used to have to go and sit at and like watch my sister do you know figure skating and nicole cozied up to some of the other parents like some other mom that was there and con- oh, no. kind of convinced this woman to just like buy her like sodas and z- like she was just kind of like <laughs> yeah. she would go by the vending machine with this woman and be like man like I would, I would love to have a coke right now or, and this woman would just buy her soft drinks and my yeah. mom didn't want us like drinking soda and stuff but oh my, my sister God. was smart enough to, to like yeah. get this woman alone so away from my mom so she's like she's very coy like that she's 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 clever like a fox yeah um but it's like that's that's the idea of like a premise that mm-hmm. and that's I do that and going back to James where I'll kind of like I'll throw that out there and then my backpedal will be like, But wait, like this is why. Like like don't you know, don't leave me yet. I got I have reasons. Mm-hmm. James does James goes uh James will throw out a premise that is really um uh, Deplorable, nearly, almost, and he'll he'll just go ball. He doesn't care if you're. James on. is definitely in the basket of deplorables. Yeah, oh, he is like question. the captain. Happily, and of he, the he proudly. Oh yeah, totally. he wears that badge with uh, yeah. uh, pride. But he like he has a bit about teachers and how he thinks teachers are useless and overpaid, and so. But he oh, opens wow. that bit and he goes, "Here's one, fuck teachers." So the difference there is like he goes, he goes, "Fuck this." He doesn't go like like. I don't. He doesn't tiptoe around it. Where he's like, I don't think the. I don't think teachers are that impressive. Whatever. He goes, fuck this, which is like a big difference between like, yeah, all right, my sister's, yeah. Yeah. So it's like a. It's the same kind of thing, but it's he throws a much harder fastball than I do, uh, which I respect. I just wish I had the balls to do it. (laughs) Yeah, but I feel like it's a different kind of storytelling, right? Like what you're doing is you're ultimately telling a story about your sister. Sure. And what he's doing is. I don't know. Get trying to get a rise out of like you yeah, get a rise yeah, yeah. out of that's like a result right. of the storytelling. And sure. This is... I, I think it's also a difference in personalities where mm-hmm. it's like there's a part of me that really wants to be liked as much as I don't admit it. Like I'll be like, yeah, if they don't like it, fuck them, whatever. But I mean, you're admitting it here on this public forum, so now yeah, yeah right. <laughs> all of our seventy-five of our listeners. That's yeah. a lot. Hey, that's that's great. Seventy-five <laughs> new people that have probably never heard of me. <laughs> exactly. There we go. But yeah, so it's it's weird. I think it just like comes down to your the difference in your personality, where it's like I kind of want, like I just want people to think a little different, but I also don't. I don't want to alienate people. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it happens, and but that's not the goal. Yeah. I try to get him to come around to my side, whereas like like James is, and I respect him for this because I wish I could do it. I think James in a lot of cases will just be like, "Fuck it, this is what I'm doing. If they don't like it, you know, I don't need them." And that's uh, it's a definitely a difference in um, performance style, like you were saying. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I'm as hard edged as James, but there's a lot of similarities to like. Yeah, I want to try to. I do also want to get a rise out of people and make them squirm a little bit, yeah. but then win them. You know, so it's weird. Yeah. I, I don't really. It's a journey. Yeah. yeah. That's nice. Take a journey with Mike. That's did I even answer the question, yeah. or did I just? 
No, I think you did. Your personal okay. brand. Okay. Is, yeah, your brand, and then give James us a Meyer-ish touch of your little dash comedy. Of, oh yeah, yeah. Of yeah. silliness. Of silliness. Cool. Silliness. Well, I think before we get into our hard-hitting interview questions, mm-hmm. yes, sure. I I listen to the Guys We Fuck podcast, mm-hmm. and that's how. So I guess before we go into my question, we can kind of give the premise of how we found each other. Sure. I think Mike found me first. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I did. So what? It, what was your how did we meet each other in your words? It's uh, so I have a, a strategy on Twitter to try to get more followers uh, to follow my brand, as you would say. <laughs> and um, the strategy is, I take my Twitter account and I look at whoever, like if I see a really dumb tweet that like a hundred people have retweeted, yeah. Like I look at the tweet like uh, like like I didn't wear socks today and now my feet are like stinky or whatever, oh, God. and then a hundred people retweet that. I go and I follow all of those people because in my eyes, I figure mo- they're just dumb enough to just follow me back and start retweeting my stuff. So you thought I was dumb? No, not you. Oh. Well, cause here's, that's oh, just okay, part of the strategy. Oh, but that's a really good strategy because... Yeah. We should do that. Yeah. The, the yeah. camp adult okay. on Twitter has 14 Twitter followers. Yeah, 14. dude, just start doing Up that. Up by three. What? Up by three. Yeah, it was that's 11. That's great. Yeah. Up by yeah. three. Yeah. So, you got, so we yeah. went from 11 to 14. Yeah. I guarantee if you do this and you start like like just picking up those people that do that, yeah. you'll start getting people that just kind of like, and you tweet something like like silly or whatever, yeah. like stupid here and there, it'll start picking up traction. Just because people, I think, uh, if uh, if people, if a tweet gets a little bit of traction, other people will jump on it right <clears> away because they kind of want to be part of the wave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if you see a tweet that like all of a sudden has 10 retweets or 10 favorites or whatever, it almost makes you feel, especially if it's a racy yeah. kind of mm-hmm. tweet, People are more okay with like, okay, other people like this too. Like, I want to yeah. be part of that little little crew little or whatever, and they'll just start retweeting stuff. Mm-hmm. In, in the case of us meeting, um, I also do that with just Corinne's fans. Period, because I know that they kind of know who I am because I'm just around in her so life smart. and and in. So anybody that I know that has some kind of like, especially like a digital following, because I have a podcast. Immediately, like you, you haven't been on the Guys Who Fuck podcast yeah. in like two years. Sure. Right, and I, I've been listening for that time and you immediately followed me on Twitter and I was mm-hmm. like Mike Coscarelli from the Dude Podcast the Dude yeah. Panel I was like I know that name I mean you have a pretty distinctive name sure yeah yeah but, uh, yeah, I, yeah I, I, immediately, I immediately knew you were yeah and even just like being around Corinne's kind of like, like you know she'll put stuff on Instagram about mm-hmm. me like if she's at one of my shows or yeah. something or like, trying to get you laid or trying to get me laid a couple which weeks is, ago yeah 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 that's not successful what a good friend not successful no Aww. and my ex-girlfriend got very upset <gasps> Haley. No, 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 no. Different, newer ex-girlfriend. Newer ex-girlfriend. But yeah. once someone is your ex-girlfriend, why are, why do they get upset? Um, Aren't you allowed to get laid with whomever you so desire? Yes, it's a it's a weird thing, though, because she was also... Uh, the last two years of my life, most of the girls that I've met have been kind of through Coffee. Corinne and, uh, and this like whole thing, just because... She's paying back. I mean, you introduced her to James, so... Yeah, well, yeah, and it's also, I'm just around, like I said, so so one of the things about, you know, that Nacho Bitches show that she does at New York Comedy Club with Blair, mm-hmm. Saki, like, like I'm, I've been on that a couple times, and I'm hanging out, and there's like 150 to 200, like, guys we fuck fans that are yeah. just, like, like 23. It's all girls that look like yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, and they're all, yeah. No, like I'm serious. That's very, like, I, it is. This Corinne talks about it on the show, yeah. like. Her fans are not 30-year-olds, they're like 23-year-olds. They're like 23, yeah, and they're yeah, these right. very, well, like. She's in her thirties. Thirty-one, I think. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to give any. I don't. I don't. I don't but know they, for sure. I will say, I'm gonna, since forever. we're talking yeah. about the guys, <laughs> fuck podcast, I will say a few weeks ago, both of them, both Corinne and Christina, were talking about how they're not millennials. 
Oh, wow. And I was like screaming through my what? phone. I was like, you're both millennials. Educate them. Yeah. 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 See, but this is what we were talking about before the interview mm-hmm. started where, you know, because you, you were, you're in your 30s mm-hmm. and we were both kind of saying we don't identify. We're on the older side of that yeah. generation. Yeah. And there's a huge gap and we don't feel like we're a part of this like 22 year old generation. Yeah. yeah. But even like you guys are, especially you, Mike, like. Shay, we affectionately call an ancient millennial, but like right. you're yes. you're in it. I'm a younger yeah. millennial. Like the kids that are a couple years younger than me that are yeah. in college still, like they're not even in. Right. They're like Gen Z or something right. new. Right. Oh yeah, the new ones. Yeah. yeah. But awesome. um, going back to the Twitter thing with you, mm-hmm. I just like I said, uh, if if any if Corinne's got a tweet that's got like, especially if I'm anywhere near the tweet, like my name or my handle or anything, I just follow those people yeah. and then just kind of like. If they reach out or whatever, I just say, hey, yeah, this is, hey, what's up? This is what I do, and this is what I'm trying to, uh, you know, I'm just trying to cultivate an audience. Yeah, and, no. and I didn't even ask Mike about his comedy. I slid in his DMs and was like, I'll set you up on a date, yeah. and I will invite you on my podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, Which I'm fine with. I don't work. care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So how many Twitter followers do you have? Uh, it's like 18, 1850, I think. 1850. Someday. It's not. That's not really that much. It's more than fourteen, which One is what th- we have. Yeah. But you got it. This is the thing. It's like like. I mean, we're just starting. You've been at this for. Yeah, and I, I've had Twitter because we were talking about Facebook. Were we mm-hmm. off mic? I don't remember if we had mentioned. Yeah, that this was on the that was actually a really good conversation. The we Facebook had thing on mic. Oh, yeah. We yeah. still but, have. Oh, well, but, yeah. Uh, when Facebook came out, uh, I was seventeen, mm-hmm. I think, and then Twitter. The reason I even joined Twitter to begin with, uh, there's two reasons. I started off. I was in college when I found it, and I, I was probably like a junior in college, I think. And I had this is like the first smartphone that I had in school, where teachers kind of didn't yeah. give like, Fancy. yeah, they didn't know what to do. They didn't, they weren't, Care. they didn't tell you to not stay be on your phone or to, like if you're in a lecture, like I was in biology class like with a smartphone. I used I never paid attention, mm-hmm. and Twitter was one of the things that kept me from paying attention because it was just this constant feed of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just every couple seconds it refreshes with hundreds of new. I, like little jokes and ideas or whatever so there's that it was a distraction in college that kind of kept me away and I was like right in the age gap where I was like oh this is a new cool new thing that like everybody's using like oh The Rock is on it cool I'll follow The Rock or like George yeah. Carlin this, is, time, a, this you know? is a phenomenon because that, The Rock I'm fascinated by because yeah. I feel like he is like the straight male icon and I only yeah. I bring it up really? because I, I'm a big fan of The Bachelor <laughs> mm-hmm. and like, they always put out the bios of all the guys that are on The Bachelorette, and, like, five out of the 15 had... They were like, who's your favorite celebrity? And they all said The Rock. What yeah. is it about The Rock that's, like, cool? Um, that's a really good question, actually. And... I mean, for me, I think the answer... Because I wasn't... I'm not a wrestling fan. It's not like I... I wasn't allowed yeah. to watch wrestling when I was a kid. Is that what The Rock, did, like, did before he was an Yeah, actor? he was a, re- he was a wrestler yeah. for... He was, like, okay. the best wrestler. I know he was, like, bodybuilder... No, he was he was in the WW. I guess it was still the WWF. Him and Stone Cold Steve Austin were like the two guys that <laughs> oh were that like ran the show in the in like two thousand that era. Yeah. When I was like a like a like in middle school mm-hmm. roughly or or like elementary school, I think The Rock now he's become just this guy that um, he's, he's a movie like star. The dude. But yeah. yeah, he's but he's, he he I, I would be surprised if he was a dick. 
Like he just yeah. seems like a great have you like seen a nice guy. guy. Him with his baby, he like just had a baby. Uh, They're really cute. I haven't seen him, but I did see. I mean, you can imagine it's like he's so big. It's like yeah, a his baby. tiny little baby like, in his hands. Oh my it's god! Sweet. It's just even on his his Instagram, he had this video where he uh, some guy like like pulled him over, or he pulled the guy over, and the guy was like freaking out because it was the Rock, and he just like stopped traffic to take a picture with the guy. Like, it's like, that type yeah. of shit is, is, like, he just seems like a nice, because he's so famous. He's one yeah. of the most famous yeah. people of the last he might be the 20 nice years. Yeah, and yeah. he's so recognizable. It's yeah. not like he can just yeah. slip in. Yeah, he's a huge man. He's Samoan. <laughs> like, he does. He stands <laughs> out. Yeah. And, I mean, the fact that he seems to have, he's as successful as any person on earth can be. Mm-hmm. And he seems to have just kind of taken it with such um, ease and class and... I think that's really respectable. And he does a lot of stuff, which is the other thing, too. He's not just, like, famous for being yeah. famous. Like, his, a lot of his movies... No, he's very talented. Yeah, yeah right. They, I mean, he hosted he, SNL pretty recently. Right. That was good. He I shows really up that. in places. Yeah. Where he's, he's not like a Kardashian who's just, like, he's fam- famous for the sake of being famous. Mm-hmm. Like, he, whether you like his shit or not, he's done a lot, you know? I think that's respectable. No, I like The Rock. I just think it's it's interesting. I don't know what the, the like, female equivalent is. Like, is there some, some uh, celebrity that you think, like... For straight females? women are obsessed with where you're just like I. it's not that you're necessarily like anti it like I'm not yeah. anti the rock but it's just like I don't understand why that's the guy that everyone is like he's the dude you know um, that's I don't know question. if there's a similar phenomenon I think for ladies it's 100% Jennifer Aniston and I'm not oh, a big really? Jennifer Aniston about fan this. but she's the that's girl Corey's next door secret. that's my boyfriend's like who, oh, his it's kind of weird yeah. I'm not gonna yeah. lie cause it, like well, now she's kind of old. He's 23 and she's like 50. Yeah. Which, like, I'm like, that's, that's fine. Maybe, but that's like yeah. her, his, like, celebrity. I don't, she don't look 50. Like, hall though, pass. I think. No, she looks great. Yeah. I mean, she I did, love to be her. did all the work yeah. correctly. But anyway, I feel like everybody <laughs> wants she to be all her. That smart water. That's you all know, who, smart what, water. I mean, Jennifer yeah. Aniston's probably. What about Jennifer Lawrence? Who was the first Uh-oh. Jennifer that just popped up when I went to look at pictures of Jennifer Aniston? <laughs> but she's, like, legit hot and people want to. She's not, like, Idolized in that same way, I feel. She's kind of become. Is she like the thing? I mean, I I think. But I don't think. I think. I I get why straight guys are like Jennifer Lawrence is like the thing, but I'm like. Or do straight women idolize her as like. No, straight women don't. I don't think so. I mean, I want to be friends with her because I think she's. Well, sure. I mean, she's not like a garbage person. She's not like a garbage person, but I feel like it's not the same way that people think about those actresses of the generation before, like mm-hmm. Jennifer Aniston, Sandra Bullock, oh. those kind of women who God, people Jennifer are just... I don't think there's Bullock anyone. Like, who would we even... I can't even think of anyone, like, any millennial that we think of, like, as the girl next door in that same way. Because they immediately fuck it up by, like, tweeting about their boyfriend. Or like, or Taylor right. Swift, which yeah. is, like... But, like, Taylor yeah, Swift, yeah, Swift couldn't talk about her boyfriends, yeah, yeah. would That's be... Like too much, Yeah. The weird thing Although is that she I, did date John Mayer. John Mayer is like the love of my life. <laughs> I know, Madian. I think it comes Someday. down to being like um, when you're that type of celebrity, being somebody that that you know regular people can kind of even though you are a celebrity and everybody knows who you are, you're you have this like everyman kind of um, mm-hmm. yeah. aspect to you. I, and I think that, that with there's the rock. yeah, The Rock. Yeah. I think has that. I don't really know who has that for the from the female side of things. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's kind of what you were saying with like Jennifer Aniston yeah. though, where people kind of get this vibe that she's, you know, she could just like be like the the cute girl in your hometown mm-hmm. who's just kind of like nice and yeah. never really yeah. seems to But the weird thing is too she's in like I think it's different for women because a lot of these women show up in in tabloids in a way that 
I think a lot of male yeah. celebrities can kind of avoid. avoid. Mm-hmm. I just don't think that if you're that famous and you're like a, a beautiful woman, you're just going to be written like like Jennifer Aniston's life. I know so much about her yeah. personal life, yeah. whether whether it's true or not, just based on walking past the the end carts at Dwayne Reed, yeah. and I could just see the cover where it's like Jen, Brad, Angelina, uh, uh, custody battle. Who you know who loves who, <laughs> and it's like that's constantly on the front page yeah. where it's like someone like Tom Hanks, another no guy that everybody yeah. loves. You know, Tom yeah, Hanks. All is I like know this, about him is that he's married to Rita Wilson, oh, and and he's wonderful. a very talented he's actor. Yeah. yeah, and he's but he's awesome. he's like a fatherly kind of. He's become <laughs> this like like dad figure, yeah. like like cool dad. Like he's just like nice yeah. and SNL really leaned into that was yeah. his opening monologue right. when he cool posted that all this season. Yeah. But he stays out of it. he's uh, you know he's a he's able to not be like a like a he's celebrity like that yeah. yeah which That's is weird I don't think women can do that as easily mm-hmm. I think you That's know. True. Yeah, it's and people just—I mean, poor Jennifer Aniston. She's fifty, and people are still like, "Is she pregnant?" Right. Yeah, I'd yeah. be like, "No, yeah. probably right. not." Oh. Yeah, right. I mean, dried up. <laughs> yeah, nothing left yeah. going on down there. Probably not. Probably, and then watch she'll have a baby at like fifty-five. Like, who was that? Janet Jackson. Yeah. yeah, surprise! <laughs> I have so many questions about that that I cannot that even begin. Scares me. I can't even. No, who, I can't. Why would you want to have a baby at fifty-five? Yeah. Who, I, who has the energy? Yeah. At 55 to now run I'm like, around. Mm, I think at 35 I'm probably going to be too old, so yeah. sorry. I know. My but. dad talks about that because my, my dad's like 55, mm-hmm. and he talks about that. Like, he has some friends who, like, have younger kids, mm-hmm. and he's like, I was just waiting until my kids were old enough that I could hang out with them. And now mm-hmm. I'm finally old enough where I like, yeah. can hang out with my dad, dad, and he's like, great. this is what I've been waiting for. Like, yeah. my dad's yeah. not like a baby guy. Yeah. yeah, it's not like having a kid you know anymore. I mean? Now you just yeah, have like a buddy. Yeah, he's like, oh, now I have like a pal. Yeah. I'm like, that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. Um, I did before we get into we're kind of doing this out of order we can do the hot topics at the end we were like we're very well prepared and we're going to do this in a specific order and be very impressive hey it's radio this is what happens we're letting it go but I did before we get off the the guys we fucked train I did have some follow ups yeah go for it because that's how I originally originally found you and then we can go into more sure yeah um I wanted to ask you this Mm because we we just met Mm -hmm. you know We've been trying to meet up for a while, and it didn't work out. People's schedules, whatever. So we just mm-hmm. met, like, half an hour before we started recording, if that. And you leaned into this when I slid into your Twitter DMs. Because mm-hmm. my original thing was I was like... Because I, I didn't know you. I know you from... Mm-hmm. You, know, you know of me. You're, I know of you. Yeah. Internet but I was friends. like, how do I stand out? Because I was like, this is an interesting person who I've heard on another podcast. Right. I was just... Like, when I first... DM'd you on Twitter, we hadn't released an episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was I didn't even know how it was going to go. Like, we had no concept of, like, how to record, how to mm-hmm. edit, like, whatever. So I was like, how do I get this person interested in my podcast that doesn't exist yet? Mm-hmm. And I was like, Mike Consparelli. Like, I was like, I have a lot of, you know, straight female friends. So that was, I kind of leaned into that. You and did, I was like, yeah, podcast. yeah, yeah. And I asked you, I was like, oh, well, first I asked you, I was like, do you want to date women or men? And you were like, women? Well, good to ask. It is good to ask, I was like, what type of girls do you like? And I hadn't listened to the episode. I have recently re-listened to it, but I hadn't listened to the episode in a while. And you were like, I like girls that look like they have, that they need medical attention. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> what is that? Yeah. And then you you, were saying, you were like, yeah, I, I really like really skinny girls. And that's what your dude panel episode with Jean. Revealed. Corinne really yeah. braids you for that. So is that, I wanted to ask you, and this is, again, you can answer honestly, because mm-hmm. it's not going to have any bearing on my 
feeling as a person. Like, yeah. I have a boyfriend who, like, worships the ground I walk upon. He does. Um, That's good. Like, if you saw... I, I'm just wondering from a... from just for my own understanding, like, how how skinny? Because I'm, like, an average-sized person. Like, if you saw me walk into a bar, would you consider hitting on me? Or am I too fat? <laughs> no, you're not too for, fat. No, for Mike Coscarelli. Well, I think my, I think my tastes have kind of um, matured a little bit. That's yeah, good. too. I mean, wow, congratulations. You're going to have so much fun with, like, boobs and butt. I know, yeah. I, yeah. No, well, you won't like boobs, though, because you talked on the Guys We Fuck podcast about... How you lost your virginity to a really skinny girl who had like yeah she had very big breasts yeah 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 so I, like, that was, uh, I was like okay well you can't be into like really anorexic girls because they don't have boobs have boobs well, yeah naturally I mean I've kind of run the gamut at this point you know my mid twenties was a lot of, um, lot of masquerading and uh, uh, masquerading what does that mean just kind of trying like on like stuff Kennedy, for size like going around and like like when I wa- I go back and That's uh, I like that I like that there was an aspect of that when I was like like twenty five that was very um, like uh, appealing where I, like I watched this documentary once about about like, being a Kennedy for a bo- just about young Kennedy when he was like like a junior senator and, and stuff yeah. and they were like they were like yeah he was he was never at the Senate he was always riding around in a convertible with a waitress he and was his boning <laughs> Marilyn Monroe or whatever yeah, not, yet. He was he, not yet not yet. He got there eventually, yeah. but it, that was like like when I was twenty five. There's a part of me that was like, yeah, like cool, like right riding around. I, I wish I had a convertible, you know. But um, so that was like a big part of my life where I, I um, definitely had a type, and um, I, I I was a lot more aggressive and just um, you know trying to like hook up with girls. Uh, and my type, like I said, was very, I had a very specific, they were like usually like young, thin, like petite Jewish girls that I don't, that's just. I mean, it's New York City, yeah, so it is, everywhere. there is an abundance yeah, of them. Right. You might as well, <laughs> yeah. you know, fish and easy. So. And that's also who I wound up like, like after I, like I said, the whole, going back to the whole thing with Corinne, it's like you show up to a, a, a show that she's on to just hang out and like, mm-hmm. like, you know, say what's up or try to get on the show or whatever. And it's like, that's who's there. So it's like you wind up meeting these people after the shows and and they're usually like 24 year old like petite yeah but at the time I mean, if you were like 25 26 that's not i mean even now it wouldn't be weird if you were dating a 24 year old no know. my last girl the girl that i just uh ended a relationship with was 22 did but you end was, it or did she end it um it's kind of it's complicated because she ended it but I kind of like officially ended it you were like i'm oh. really done was she it was but a long distance relationship approval. So oh, she was okay. in L.A. and I was in New York. Yeah. And then she moved to I New York. To the, you guys talked about this on the... Social Villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can go back and listen. It's like four, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. But Interesting. We, um, she was in... She was living in L.A. She moved to New York. I know that life. Yeah. And then she kind of went back to L.A. And mm-hmm. and stayed in L.A. yeah. So I... was like, I'm no, not I coming say, back. My, my boyfriend kind of. just got out of the Marines. He was in the Marines for mm-hmm. four years and he was in California and he's showing up here next week wow. I've been in a long distance relationship for a year that sucks and it's trash yeah it sucks it's like where is he trash. stationed um Camp Pendleton just north where is that? of San Diego it's like 45 minutes it's between okay. LA and San Diego so did you go visit yeah it's yeah. beautiful it's really nice I mean he lived in like the barracks so mm-hmm. like when I would go there we would like stay in hotels and stuff yeah. Shay is smiling because she was no. there the when start of our relationship I was, yes. was a little it was a little crazy yeah because we met through a mutual friend mm-hmm. um and I, like, flew from New York to California to, like, see her and meet mm-hmm. him, and it was, like, a weird thing, and then... And I'm an old lady. I'm like, who is this? Yeah. Wait, were you I definitely him? could have been, like, chopped up into little pieces. Well, you know. It's fine. Um, but, 
But I think part of the reason, Maddie, you also wanted to ask Mike this question um, is oh, we've yeah. talked with some of our previous guests about kind of dating in this yeah. day and age and dating as a millennial and what that looks like with Tinder and mm-hmm. all of the online sites. Are you and, on Tinder or no? Yeah, I'm on oh, all the shit. get it yeah. on. <laughs> um, so what was really interesting when we were talking with them is they were both, and these are like lovely guys. They very were both, charming. <laughs> he's very charming, yeah. So we were, they were both talking about how, you know. They both alluded to it, and they basically, I kind of they won't date fat ugly girls. Like, they they won't like, even give them a chance. I, but okay. then I wouldn't give a chance to a fat ugly dude either. No, but the, I, I always wonder, though, and we didn't get into this so much with with either of them, but I'm like, I'm fascinated by this, because I've heard both sides of the spectrum. By why they don't want to? Well, no, well, kind of what the, the threshold for, like, fat girls is, because I've, I've heard both <laughs> yeah. sides, and that's why I wanted to bring it up with you, sure. because it was such a, it's a big part of and the conversation we had. And say it, and they got real, we figured, well, Mike Coscarelli will not do these maidenly evasions no I won't no, no, no. Questions. Well, so. I've, I've heard both sides of it I've heard <laughs> from some guys I'll <laughs> we'll go right at it yeah. well, well you told me I was like is there anything that, some, some guests have stuff that's off limits and you were like literally not that oh I don't so, care yeah, yeah. Um, but some guys that I've talked to in my personal life they're like I don't see a difference between like a size zero up until someone's like obese there's like mm-hmm. a, a range where it's like yeah they're within the range of normal and sure. then like you see a, a fat person and it's like it's a fat person, and then there's some guys with they're like, I prefer like a very skinny like fit girl, yeah. and like, I'm not that I'm like average size. I don't work out. I don't do anything. So like, you know what I mean? So you I'm are, like, if what you're is, asking if you're fat, no. No, no, no. I'm no, not. I'm I not. Mean, asking I don't that. think that. Trust me. Thank you for the validation, <laughs> I think Mike. But no, no. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. not. I'm not a size zero. I'm not. I don't look in the mirror and say like I'm skinny, like whatever. But. I'm just I'm just fascinated by this because I feel like so many guys are either looking for something very specific mm-hmm. or they're too afraid to talk about their preferences for feeling they don't want to feel like they're alienating yeah. someone. Um, me personally, I, I there are people out there. I hate to I don't want to like like shit on fat women. Obviously, there's like like people wear weight in different ways. So sure, there's some absolutely. women that are like a little bit that have more meat on them that mm-hmm. just wear it better than other women who have, you know, that meat on them. And then there's just like people just come in all different shapes and sizes. And I think that when you're young, you're less forgiving of that mm-hmm. because you have this like ideal yeah. person in your head of yeah. like this is like this is the type if I have a girlfriend I want her to like look like this and like dress like this and whatever. Sure, yeah. But then you kind and of you have that option. It's like if I have the option of like you know but I think we also dating talked, someone who's super hot or not, like personality aside, it's like yeah, everyone would choose the super hot person. For sure. But I think we also talked about it with Andrew. So he was talking about a girl that he went out with who mm-hmm. had taken her photo in a certain way, mm-hmm. um, where her face looked totally normal, mm-hmm. and then she showed up, and there was like a legitimate deformity going sure. on. Sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like on one side of her face, which like makes sense. Side, one side was normal, yeah. one side was you not. Probably yeah. try to hide Take it. This yeah. yeah, you know, and we were all kind of giving him shit, and some of our listeners were very upset by this. Really? Because he really? Was, what didn't you say? Him. Okay, some of our listeners. Uh, one person. One. The, one, one of, of our, our listeners, listeners called us elitist because we said that if she had the money to fix it, like you should fix things like that that are wrong with you. <laughs> yeah. Do you agree um, with that? I don't. I don't like, think no, I don't agree with that, actually. Know? I mean, unless you want to. I think it's your preference. Sure. I think it's, you know, that's I'm fair. very oppo- opposed to, like, plastic surgery yeah. and, and all that. I think that that's a, I think it makes you just look worse. There's, like, that's a, true. 
I, I like people that look like my ex-girlfriend was always talking about like and I don't know how serious she was being I think she's kind of floating it like like hey when this is it would be funny if I got like my lips done right like haha <laughs> like, like I kind of want to get my lips done and I think you don't need to get your lips done she didn't have a, like a something that a lip deformity no, no she didn't. Was not deformed. She right. just like wanted plastic. Sure, which yeah. like if you want to do that, that's fine. If you don't want to, that's also fine. Yeah. I'm talking about like this girl who probably just the society we live in. She is probably a lovely person. Mm-hmm. Obviously, she was like attractive enough. The one side of her face that Andrew saw that he was like, I want to go on a date with her. There yeah. was something about her personality, and he, whether or not you think he's an asshole or whatever, that's like relevant. he wrote her off because of this thing and if she had the means to fix it and mm-hmm. she didn't I think she's doing herself a disservice but do you think you know because we live in this world where there's always someone else and there's always someone better that like especially in New York if you, do you feel that way yes yeah 100% so if you went out on a date with a girl who was like amazing like personality was a 10 mm-hmm. Half her face was an eight. The other half was like a four. <laughs> would you two different halves? Yeah, <laughs> would you ask her out for a second date, or would you just uh, be like, "Oh, thanks, hun." I think it depends. I, th- I mean, she'd really have to. Uh, it the person right now, because right now you're like you said you're on Tinder. You're like single, yeah. ready yeah. to mingle. You're not. Are you like? Have you gone on like multiple dates with one person, or are you kind of in like the first date? No, sort of I mean, like, I had lately. I haven't stage. really had time to do much of it. You know, I'd go on a, yeah. maybe a date here. I know. I've been trying to grab and, a like, drink with you in a platonic just, yeah, fashion. I don't it's, have. It's hard to get I Mike Pastorelli's time. Yeah, it's we're very, very lucky yeah. to have him here. <laughs> Early on a Saturday, I can do. <laughs> That's no problem. Uh, no, but I think that yeah. Right now, it's weird because now I am moving into a phase of my life where there's. Um, personality actually does really matter like a couple two years ago it didn't like two years ago I hadn't had and I think coming out of this relationship it's helped me because I really loved the girl that I was with and like legitimately and there were you know she was beautiful but on top of that the thing that really endeared me to her was that you know we just clicked so well and it was you know she was she I just thought she was such a sweet person and a nice person and wasn't boring she didn't bore me and she didn't really bug me that's the other thing too you gotta not bore me and bug me and I think that if you do that then I'm open to people with two different halves of a face and you know maybe but you know I'm actually being turned off now by people's personalities Mm -hmm. to where two years ago I would have just sucked it up and just been like all right, well get this person into bed and then figure it out later you know where now I'm just kind of like I don't want to be around this person I can't keep doing like I I want this date to end I don't want to I don't want to go for drinks after dinner I don't want to do your time is valuable yeah Lots yeah, of things going on. time starts getting valuable, and you also just start. See, you know, if people are are not good people, or they're not like here's here's the thing. Um, I'm a big advocate of putting yourself out there to people, and then kind of letting them either decide if they like it or not. And if they don't, then you know, you guys can part ways. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, you have to be as authentic as you can be. But at the same time, there's something to be said about these people that, uh, you know cop to being bad people and they're kind of just like but then they bitch about how the response that they're getting from people uh, you know around them and outside like the, them undateable, the undateable yeah. column in the village voice is people that are like well I have this shitty thing about myself right. but it's like okay if you could change it yeah then right why, yeah. or you're just committing you're like this is my personality I'm undateable right. no yeah. one's undateable uh, nobody's undateable, but it's just you're. Un- I think you're undateable to specific personality types. So it's like the, yes. you get to a point where you're just fed up with certain types mm-hmm. of people, yeah. and and when you you know when you're around those people, or you go on a date with a girl like that, then you're kind of just like like well, fuck. like I'm I'm much more open now to like 
the um, somebody who makes um, like my free time more just pleasant and fun as opposed to just like wow this girl's got like a great body or like this girl's got like yeah and I think that just comes with maturity because when you're like I said when you're 24 25 you're just like the excitement is you're in the city you're you have time you're like young you're like in good shape and girls want to talk to you yeah. Especially because you're doing, like, when you're 24, you have a cool thing going on. You're, like, doing stand-up comedy. So girls will, like, either come up to you after a show, you know. Groupies. Yeah, not even. But, like, if you do well on a show, like, there's this place that I started doing comedy. I called the Village Lantern on Bleecker mm-hmm. Street uh, in the Village. And I would do comedy there, like, six nights a week. And I would just oh, wow. do a bunch of shows. I'd do, like, two shows a night or, you know. And then Saturday nights, a lot of times there would be girls that would come up to you after or their like friend would come up to you after they might you know my friend thought you were really funny but she's a little nervous like can she buy you a drink and i was fucking i was a loser i was barking yeah she can yeah right he's like yeah of course whatever and then you know you just like that's how you meet girls and then you also have corinne as like a like an asset where corinne is like you know putting instagram videos up and it it, you know when girls are kind of throwing themselves at you because you're 24. It becomes hard to kind of yeah. suss through it. And you're like a cute investment. You're like, oh, maybe this guy will be like a like yeah. a cool. And now you're, I'm getting to 28, closer to 30. And it's like, it's less cool to be 30 and not have like yes. a ton of money and a ton of, of like, like a, you're not, it's not cute to be an investment. Yeah. Where it's like now you start seeing there's like sure. a bit of a divide where it's like, oh, if this person actually likes me, maybe they are worth my time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, again, the two-faced question, you Who know, knows? I can answer that maybe when oh. I come to it. But. Sure. Mike, I say you have a really fun experience to look forward to the first time you decide to settle on someone and then she dumps you. <laughs> yeah, sure. Real bad for the self-esteem. Has, has that happened to you? It has happened to me. More than once or just one time? Just one time. Okay. But I was, it was really good for me because yeah. I was like, oh, look at me. I'm being so mature. Yeah, right, right, and right. I'm going out with this guy that's was short. Was this the physical therapist? Yes. Yes. Um, I was like, he's so short, but he's like, he's nice. He's okay. He takes me to the beach. And yeah. then he was like, um, like... He ghosted me, and then he was like, yeah, I'm just not into this right now. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you're not going to get better than this. You're not into me. You're not into me. (laughs) So, um, I was, uh, I was very, that was very sad, but it was so good for me. And it was good for you. Do you think that you, like, projected anything to make that happen? Um, I think I'm, when I date people. I have a theory that guys just don't come in until they're ready. Yeah, that's the spaghetti on the wall. I think they... Yeah. Do you agree with that? It's like you kind of go through, you're like, I'm having fun, I'm dating, and then you hit a certain point. Either The spaghetti is ready. Yeah. And the spaghetti the is going to hit the wall. <laughs> and then you start you start kind of shifting what you're looking at. Uh, I think that there's... I think guys do that a lot more than women do. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's like um, um, a trend where that does happen. I, I think everybody's different, but mm-hmm. yeah, you do have some people that are just not like... Um, like I have, I have friends who they just get right out of... Um, like a, a very long term yeah, relationship. Yeah, they're serial monogamous. And they just they just pretty much start jumping into things like, oh man, I'm gonna I'm gonna be single again. We're gonna like go out, get chicks, whatever. And like like four of us are all single, and we're like, okay, yeah, four guys going out having fun. And then my friend shows up with like another girl who looks pretty similar to the girl yeah. he was just dating. And they're like, all of a sudden, she's always at his apartment and always like mm. like we we're, we're at a but when I broke up with my girlfriend. We went to a, a strip club in Queens. I don't go to strip clubs usually. I, this was just hey, like... Do you. Yeah, it was a bender. And my friends were like, we're going to go to a strip club, come on, whatever. And, um, I, I mean, this my friend was dating this girl, kind of. Like, he was. they were, like, seeing each other and, like, hooking up here and there. And, like, I thought this was, like, guy's night. And then all of a sudden, this girl just... We're outside the strip club, like, they're smoking a cigarette, and I'm just hanging. And then this, the, the girl he's dating just walks up 
to the, to the strip club. And she's like, she's like, hey, what's up, guys? How, you're like, like, no, not yeah, the place, like, the, not the how, time. Why, how did this happen? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, are you, what are you doing here? Yeah. But it's like, it, that's, that's the way. Did it change the dynamic? It was like a weird thing. Yeah, well, and that night escalated to a point where like we almost got into a fight and then she oh. got mad at my friend because he was. A whole bunch of drama. Because you don't yeah. show up to the boys' night at the strip club. It was weird, yeah. yeah. But yeah. this is another theory that I have that I think guys think they want the cool girl and the girl who's just going to be like, yeah, whatever, go to the strip club with yeah. your friends. Like, that's awesome. But then no guy wants their girlfriend at no, the strip club. No, but no. also, I, I but what they want is they they don't want the cool girl. They want the girl that's going to give them the attention, whether it's positive or negative, of mm-hmm. like, oh, you're at the strip club. Yes. Like, that's so annoying. Why aren't sure. you hanging out with me? Like, that's what they, or at least they think guys in their 20s, that's kind of what they gravitate towards. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, because not like I'm the cool girl because I'm not cool. I'm super mm-hmm. dorky. But I don't really care what you do on your personal time right, if right. I'm dating you. And I think I just kind of get a little offended by that. They're sure. Like, well, why don't you care? And I'm like, because mm, yeah, I don't I really think, want you caring about what I'm doing right. on my personal time. I honestly, I think that's how people get cheated on too. Oh, if, yeah. if you just, you know, if you are not giving that person like a certain amount of attention. And I mean, there's there's definitely too much. You don't want to be the person who's like bitching every time your like girlfriend goes out to like whatever but like like maybe every now and then give like a little tug because otherwise that person is out and they might get attention from that was my first ever yeah but it's a little close to home yeah (laughs) i like when i was in high school the girl that i like um um was like i mean it's high school so you know whatever i was like 16 but this girl wound up like making out with some other guy at a party, and that's how that ended after yeah. like uh, like like nine months of like having my parents oh, drive so me tough. to her house, oh, you know. Sweet. But yeah, but it was because it was like I was cool with I didn't care what she was doing. But then if you're too too loose, that's how people kind of just like well, yeah. you know, like obviously I'm I can't be that important to this person if so I'm an act out. So Maddie, should we move? Um, just. Uh, internet listeners i'm going to an eight-year-old's birthday party here shortly so can um, i ask why okay so when i first (laughs) moved to new york i um nannied for this little boy who was a baby at the time yeah and long story short i ended up working at his mom's company which i just left three weeks ago now Mm -hmm. so um we're we're like family so Mm -hmm. i'm going to the birthday party because he's my he always says to me he's like I'm your best kid friend. And I'm like, yes, Willem. And I didn't go to his fifth birthday party. Mm -hmm. And it's been three years of, remember when you didn't come to my birthday party? Yeah, feel bad. So this year, luckily, I'm just going down to one of the piers where they're having like a, you know, pizza on the pier or whatever. Last year, I went to Legoland in Yonkers. So I just want to say I should. They have Legoland in Yonkers. Yeah, they do. It's actually kind of, I mean, it's super lame for like a grown up. But I feel like if you were. I went. But did you see that as a negative or a positive, that you had to go to Legoland? I mean, if I'd had to get... Luckily, I drove up with them in the car. If yeah. I'd had to, like, schlep myself up there on the train, and I would have been very cranky. Sure. But this kid has given me so much shit for years that yeah. I was like, I will never miss your birthday again. Right, yeah, of course. So, yeah, you can't. Well, because yeah, I was just sure. trying to do the math when yeah. you were talking before. I was like, I don't... She doesn't look old enough to have an eight-year-old. Oh, God, made yeah, some no. Mistake. I don't have any of my And then I was, like, children. looking for rings. I was like, I don't know. Is she no, married not married. No kids. Um... But yeah, so this is my my mini best friend. Okay, so and you have a little tiny best friend. A little too. tiny best that makes friend. Sense. Yeah, Very so he's awesome. Now, so the puzzle has been solved. The puzzle has been solved. The puzzle has so been solved. So do we want to go into hot topics? Yes, let's go into hot topics. And do you oh, have wait, one let's or? do twenty questions first. Okay. Do you have the list? Great. I have it committed to my mind. Oh, great. We go. have a list of rapid fire questions we like to ask our guests. Yeah. Favorite movie. Uh, History of the World Part One. Oh. Yeah. Uh, favorite book. 
Um, Huckleberry Finn. Okay, that's good. Probably. Um, you and my dad. Favorite year in elementary school? Fourth grade. Hmm. When um, did you first have your first kiss? Oh, uh, <laughs> this is actually a funny. Do I have a second second to tell a story? Yeah, yes, yeah. you can. I was. Uh, I think I was in seventh grade, either seventh or sixth grade. So like like uh, eleven or twelve, Aww. and um, there I, I was in summer camp, and. Um, there was this girl who was like my age. She lived on the other side of town from me, but we were in the same camp. And we, summer camp, they, they took us at the YMCA. They took us to this pond down the street in Metuchen, New Jersey called Tommy's Pond. And it's just this disgusting... Just, <laughs> like a lagoon. Oh, yeah. And there's just like geese all over the place or whatever. So we were under this oak tree and we like kissed in like right around there. And then like 20 minutes later, uh, like 11, 11 or so, okay. 20 minutes later, I fell into the pond and it was, I was just covered in goose shit. Ew. Yeah. It was one of the weirdest. That's good that you kissed her before that. Yeah. It was before. Yeah. Tried. But that was the last time we kissed. <laughs> After you see somebody in goose shit. You're like, I'm done. It's kind of okay. it. Yeah. Um, favorite TV show? Uh, that's tough. Um... Oh, probably or just a TV Curb really. Curb Enthusiasm okay. probably yeah. but what was your favorite childhood TV show um it's also a good question I think this is important for cementing his place in the millennial, millennial spectrum sphere uh, as a kid um the cartoons were you a cartoon guy it's fine if your mom didn't let you watch TV, much like no, my mother. No, she did. I mean, we watched a lot of Disney movies when I was a kid. So yeah. we were big into... Um, I didn't really watch cartoons that much. Um, I'm trying to think what I loved as a kid. It was a lot... It was more really... Movies. It was more movies, yeah. yeah, than it was TV. And then I, got, I started no watching... Judgment. Do you have a favorite? Who's your favorite Disney prince? Aww. Disney you prince? Wanted to be a Disney um... It. Ooh, I just, I don't know. Or princess, whatever. Probably Aladdin. Yeah. Aladdin was cool. Yeah. Aladdin's pretty awesome. Yeah. I like yeah. that. Favorite place you visited outside of New York? Uh, or New Jersey. New Jersey doesn't count. New Jersey Unless wouldn't, New be, Jersey's wouldn't your be a conversation place. anyway. <laughs> <laughs> um, Miami, probably. Oh, yeah. cool. I spent a lot of time in Miami That's last awesome. year. I think that was all of our questions. Yeah. We can shift to... Was that 20? No. It wasn't. We do like eight? We do like yeah. eight, okay. but I call them 20 questions. Okay. Um, Someday we're going to have a list of 20 that I'm going to properly make yeah. up and have. Okay. So we but. call this segment Campfire because we're leaning into the camping theme of this mm-hmm. podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're just talking around the campfire. This isn't really a hot... I don't know if you have an actual hot topic from the news. I'm not prepared. I but have I one do that I want to talk about how, why he hates Lena Dunham so much because I think it's oh, important. Okay. okay. Well, we're going to get... Yeah. We're going to talk about the... Social villains in a second, but okay. I I need an opinion on this. I think Shay is really anti this, and mm-hmm. I wanted to talk about this topic specifically with you because we've talked it's about bunk beds before. Because mm-hmm. I asked, uh, it's not SpongeBob. Okay. Shay hates SpongeBob, and it always comes up. Um, so I asked you this because you live with roommates. Yeah. How many roommates do you have? I have four. Four roommates. Yeah. Okay. So Bless your heart. <laughs> I asked you when we were texting. I was like, "Do you all have your own room, or do you live in bunk beds?" And you were like, "No bunk beds." No bunk beds. No, no. no. And you were like very anti bunk bed. Was I adamantly anti bunk bed? Well, you were like, "It's bad." Like no girl wants to come home to like a bunk bed. Well, I had a, uh, I had a loft bed when yeah. I was living in, when I my first apartment in the city was in Park Slope, and I had uh, it was like a. 
It was just a room in Park Slope that was like strangely laid out. It was like a very long, narrow room. I didn't have room for furniture, really. Yeah. So God. it was just a loft bed. And I had to climb up to it every night. Yeah. And I, I don't think I ever brought a girl back to that Aww. apartment. Okay. Um, so yeah. I'm contemplating. So I've talked to Shay about this, and I think she's she knows where this is going. So I don't really like... So my boyfriend is showing up on Thursday mm-hmm. to, like, basically live in New York permanently. Sure. And With we've, you? We've been talking about this for a while. Well, it's like a little up in the air at this point. I mean, okay. he's, like, staying here. But this, this goes what I'm about to talk about. I don't really like, like, I like having him here. I don't like actually sleeping in a bed with another person. And, like, mm-hmm. we're in my bedroom right now. Like, this is this is what I have. This is, like, where I live. Yeah. I have a full-size bed. And it's comfortable for me. I mean, this right. apartment is great for, like, one person. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, if there are two of us in here, there's, like, not enough space. I like to sprawl out. I sleep in the middle of the bed. So I'm like, what if, hear me out, if we got in this room bunk beds where we had, like, Hear me out. Hear me out. We got like a full size futon that we could fold out on the bottom. No, Mike is not even gonna let me finish. Yeah, like a sex bed on the bottom and then like a twin bed on the top, so I could sleep on the top. We I hate like, it. I know Shay hates it. That's just like a is it weird? Bad idea. <laughs> okay. I think sleeping together cool. like that's important throw it out for there. your intimacy, and you can totally fit a queen mattress in here. You're just gonna have to get rid of that. Should I get a, a cream mattress, mattress I, in our I studio? The cream mattress might be. There's, I mean, it's not that much bigger than this. There's a consensus that this bed is too small, I think, and so I'm thinking a queen might work. But I'm like, what if we just have the full size fold out couch on the bottom, and then it'll be better for like because we record the podcast, we can have a couch. No, why are you saying that? It's a bad idea. Think about all the work that's going to go into that to just have oh, two yeah. separate beds for what? Just two twi- separate twin beds? No, it would be one full size like couch. Situation. So you would sleep on the couch? No, I would sleep up top. He would sleep on, on the couch. what size? On the twin bed? Yeah, no, none. <sighs> I, <laughs> I had so Alexis and I were when when we were still together. Alexis was sleeping. We were we. I had a twin bed up until like a couple months ago. Oh my god! One of those guys. I didn't have. I don't have any money. I, I, <laughs> I didn't have enough oh money God. to buy a new bed. So when this I bed left was ninety nine dollars at IKEA. Ninety nine dollars. The bed was. Yeah. Well, I mean, maybe I did have the money then. I didn't. Uh, I didn't know <laughs> he that liked his twin bed. Yeah, yeah. I, I just had. I got a nice fluffy mattress topper, but like you can get a full size bed from IKEA for ninety nine dollars. All right. Well, yeah. that's so good to know. But you had a, a twin size bed, and you would sleep with her in the bed. And it was. I mean, it wasn't great. It was also not a very comfortable bed. Yeah. But uh, now that I've gone up to a queen size bed. I can never, I'm not going to sleep with a twin size bed again. Okay, that's fair. Yeah. You can't do that. And you then it's like you, you just have it just for the sake of, okay. like, like part of like the, when you're in a relationship, I think at least, like part of getting into the act of intimacy is just kind of like, like casually, like touch somebody and like, yeah. like you kind of like give the arm a rub. Oh, like high five down the yeah, yeah, you yeah. don't just go like, hey, <laughs> I, I mean, how about I get the full size bed ready today? <laughs> Does that work for you? Okay, fair. Plus like. Cool. You're I just your sexual to prime, so I really think yeah. that you need to, like, you and Corey both, like, you need to be boning at least you, once a day. Yeah, you can tell him that. That's I will tell Corey. Thing. I'm gonna have. I will tell him that in front of my mom on Thursday or Friday whenever he you comes over. Yeah, moms over. agree with stuff like that. Yeah, and my usually. mom will be like, "Yes, sex is very important Corey to your relationship." Loves, as I learned, he loves Jay maybe a little bit more than he loves me. Oh. <laughs> he loves my dog the most of all. No. He would 
I have to be a little cautious he doesn't kidnap the her. The entire yes. reason why, so Shay's moving away in two weeks, the entire reason why he originally was going to come here in August, and he's like, I'm going to come in July so I can say, so you can say goodbye, goodbye to Shay. To Shay. Yeah. And I was like, you're not going to come so you can spend time with me? Cool. <laughs> I see so, what But you're going to be yeah. here. Shay's leaving. Yeah. That's true. I'm that like chopped yeah, liver. No. Shay is the hot commodity. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks, Okay, guys. well, that was, that, that's good. Thank you guys for the feedback. Good advice. You're welcome. Does anyone else have a hot topic? Uh, so why do you hate Lena Dunham and think that she is trash to our generation and not the voice of? You can give something quick. It doesn't have to be can a I ask dissertation. To, are you a pro-Lena Dunham? I have neutral feelings on okay. Lena Dunham. I've never watched neutral. Girls. Okay. Um, I've I seen some, all of Girls. I've read her book. Yeah. She's not like my favorite person on the planet. Right. But I, I appreciate it. Yeah, I mean, I think she does like, like, I like people who are doing good work and being mm-hmm. vocal about it, but I don't really. Do you think she's doing good work? I thought Girls was good. I know you... Yeah. Have you seen all of it, or you watched part I've of it? I've seen the first, I think, two seasons of it, and then I stopped watching. Okay. Because here's think what happened I, I listened to the episode of Social Villains where you were upset. You and Jean were <laughs> upset one? about... Yeah. Well, you were upset that there wasn't any sort of retribution for the fact that all the characters are really crappy people. Yeah. Well, I think that's and I think that I like comes... Char- shows where everyone by the end of the shit. series so. but, uh, by the end but, of the series you do get that retribution though they kind of all end up like in a place at least that's what I think that's nice it, I, I, a lot of the shows that where the, the characters are shit they do get their comeuppings eventually like oh, Seinfeld yeah. is like that but you know so show ends they end up in prison all of them you know? oh really that's what happens at the end of Seinfeld that's the end of Seinfeld I yeah, never they saw end the end of it they end up in a prison in like Massachusetts or something and oh. it, the whole episode is like they're in court and all of the people that they've like fucked with for for ten seasons come back and testify against them and the judge oh, like throws the book at them and just like throws them in jail so they get what's coming to them it's like a, it's like a very common theme in comedy because you can you can be an antihero or like a villain mm-hmm. but a lot of cases you get like Curb is like that too half the time mm-hmm. at the end of the episode where and Curb and Seinfeld are extremely similar yeah. it's Larry David but he usually get he very rarely gets away with whatever shit he's trying to pull off mm-hmm. he usually someone either like calls him out on it or they're you know whereas like girls at least the first two seasons that I saw that show specifically um I I think she represents and I think it is um it's clear in her writing mm-hmm. this she is what the older generations in my opinion think about our generation where they think that we're you know very entitled because if you look at her life she's had tons of opportunities that a lot of other people like when girls was coming out I didn't know who she was Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody really did she just like got into you know business with Judd Apatow and he liked her and, and kind of pushed her stuff out there and there was this like it felt like this feeling of entitlement that she she was just given things and like I don't I don't think and listen, people can judge her work however they want. I don't, you know, if you like girls, then that's fine. I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that's like bad. I don't. And I think a lot of it is because it does feel like everything that she has was kind of like given to her. And now she's living this life where like, she doesn't, to me, seem like somebody who is is just an insanely hard worker. And coming yeah. from the background that I have, mm-hmm. not even just, you know, the New York comedy scene where you have to... To survive, you have to just hustle. You have to do comedy, like especially when you're starting every day, a couple times a day, to get good at it. 
until you are an asset that people are kind of like, well, this person's talented. Mm-hmm. And you get talented because you worked really hard to get there. Mm-hmm. Put your 10,000 hours in. Yeah, yeah, right. It's the same thing with like, like even the, the background that I came up with. I grew up in an ethnic family, like Italian and Jewish. And they are, you know, my parents are very hard workers. My mom was in college when I was a kid, like when I was a baby. Mm-hmm. So I used to go to college with my mom, Aww. you know. Like there's people that have those lives that worked so hard. They didn't come from any sort of affluence. They worked so hard to get to the middle. Mm-hmm. And there, it, that is me personally. I'm trying to reach those people where like, yeah. I, I identify with that. These people that just yeah. like just outworked everybody. And the vibe that I get is she's just kind of like she. She's just got this life that like I don't really necessarily understand how it got there. Like, I don't, I just don't understand what the fuss is about. And she's living this, um, her perspective is of somebody who is like an artistic genius who like is waxing poetic about, Mm -hmm. uh, aspects of her life that like, in my opinion, are unearned, you know? Well, and I think that's, I mean, I guess I have two thoughts. And the first is that I think Lena Dunham in Girls, she shows a very specific slice of life. And, mm-hmm. she, and again, I haven't watched Girls beyond the first season, so I really shouldn't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, she does that well. Like, she shows that specific slice mm-hmm. of life very well. I do really like her Lenny letter, the online newsletter, because she repre- she does, and it's not her. I mean, I think she has an, an EIC who does all of this sure. work for her, but she's put the money behind a platform that does represent people of color and women and gay people and trans people and tells all these wonderful stories. So I, I really respect that aspect of her work. But if you're talking about the... If we want to say a young white woman is the voice mm-hmm. of our generation, which I don't think it is, but you would look more towards someone like Amy Schumer, who is worked her butt off, has sure. come up through the ranks. What are your who, feelings on Amy yeah. Schumer? Uh, personally, I, I don't have, you know... Um, kind of indifferent? Yeah, I heard I she mean, Amy, tip. Amy's had like a weird side note. Because she like she started off as like a very like racy yeah. like club comic, and now she's kind of become this other thing. The thing that I don't like about Amy specifically, and I don't think this is her fault. I think it, this is this is not like a knock on her as a. It's really more of a knock on her as a career person, and just kind of like what I see is like a a warning to people moving forward when they reach a level of success like that. Is that she has kind of become a voice for a certain. Um, movement in a lot of ways like this like I guess it's like a hyper it's not even really hyper feminism it's not like she's doing anything that outrageous that's like that should be shocking people who are like anti-women's rights or whatever but she has kind of made a lot of like this is the thing that I love about Corinne specifically because Corinne in a lot of cases like could eventually be fitting the same kind of bill where Mm -hmm. she's like she's rising to a level where she um uh, kind of represents um, an idea for a lot of young women, and I think the thing that people love about Corinne is that she's she's such a bombastic, like she speaks her mind completely. And Corinne legitimately will never not say a joke because she thinks it's going to piss people mm-hmm. off, or like she's a comedian through and through. Right. Where I do think Schumer's kind of taken a bit of a turn to kind of be like, well, like, could this hurt my? Yeah, she's a little yeah. too thoughtful you know? in a way. Yeah. Maybe like, thoughtful isn't right, the right word. Corinne doesn't give a fuck about mm-hmm. that. Like, yeah. Corinne, is, uh, Corinne is pushing whatever she yeah. wants to push, whatever content she wants. I mean, she's been dating James totally. for 
about two years now, James is as far a polar opposite to her as possible. And she, you know, they do shows together. They do. So literally they'll go back to back. I've been on shows where it's James and then Corinne. And then James goes up there and starts talking about how great Trump is and fuck teachers and all this stuff. And then here comes Corinne, you know, pro Hillary Clinton, pro this or whatever. And they're dating and Corinne's putting him on the shows. Like Corinne is not straying from if her base is going to like this so much that they vary so much and they're together yeah. because I think our culture we so don't want that to happen and yeah. don't want to see that be successful which is ridiculous that's amazing like yeah. that I mean kudos to them both yeah so. and that's why Corinne and I have have been such good friends because we're both advocates for the you know this this nonsense you don't agree idea. with her on everything no right like do you do you think because a lot of people I've talked to my parents about this it's my when my parents tell this story like the first they met at a bar and the very first thing my mom asked my dad, she asked, um, are you Catholic and are you Republican? And my dad fit both of those boxes and they're married. But she, I mean, she was working on the Reagan campaign at the time. Like, they've, that was like her life. And so yeah. that was important to her. Like, mm-hmm. do you guys think that you could date someone who didn't have the same political beliefs, didn't have the same sort of, not values, I think values are a little bit deeper, but just the same. Like, if you voted for Hillary Clinton, do you think you could date someone who didn't vote for Hillary Clinton kind of thing? I mean, I think it's so polarized coming from our most recent election that that's really tough. I mean, that's really, like, could I have voted someone who didn't vote for, like, let's say last time around, if you voted for, you know, didn't vote for Barack? Yeah, I totally could date you. But if you vote, I don't know if I could... Like, if it was That's a Trump voter who yeah. was like, I believe 100%, like, I tow the Republican Party line 110%, I probably couldn't because, like, I have, like, two issues that I'm really passionate about. And mm-hmm. I, like, I'm sorry if you're, like, if you're pro-life, I'm not going to date you. Yeah. But, but if it helps, um, that guy's probably got a lot of money. I know. <laughs> and sometimes I just want to marry rich because my life would uh, be yeah. so much better. Of course. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I think that uh, I personally, yeah, I don't care. Um, I, I am not very strongly tied to any sort of political views, period. Um, I just hate people that whine about anything. Yeah, I like don't people whine. That, That's yeah, good. Whether you're a Republican or, or a Democrat, I just think that if you're complaining you're about things... You're zealous about something so much, yeah. it's annoying. Well, yeah, and I don't think we, we live in a time anymore where we can really talk about our personal politics in this way because yeah. people should be allowed to be a little more fluid and we have to toe these party lines and it's just not but okay. that's the th- I think that's just a perception that doesn't actually exist because I think once you talk to most people they are you know pretty mild mannered people and there, there are some people that get very engulfed by like the Huffington Post or like Fox News or what you know what have you uh, and those people suck but I don't think that's I mean, maybe that is the majority but I, I do think there's a lot of people at least in the circles that I've, you know, mm-hmm. run in and, and kind of been a part of the last couple of years that, it, you know, you can have these talks that are a little more complex where people are mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, you know, like I am pro-choice, but like, you know, I don't know, should, should the government be subsidizing Planned Parenthood? Where mm-hmm. it's like, that's a, that's a conversation worth having. Where it's like, yeah, you know, you can be somebody who believes in abortion, and, but is also not necessarily like, but I don't know, you know, like should everybody in America be taxed for it? You know, that's an that's a yeah. legitimate so conversation. people can have these conversations. And I think Absolutely. the problem is we are not having these conversations right. as much as outside of very small personal right. circles where you feel 100% safe. And right. I think 
that's very problematic. And you should. You should just go yeah. right into the lion's den. Because, yeah. like, this is the thing that I've learned from being around talk radio for so long is that, you know, those guys turn it on and turn it off. Like, they have a lot of the beliefs and they stay with them. But, like, when you hear mm-hmm. two guys fighting on the radio about politics... In a lot of cases, you can shut the mics off and they can go get a cup of coffee and talk about baseball or talk yeah. about whatever. You know, there's a lot of things that bring us together and nobody really focuses on that. Great American pastime. Great American pastime. Yeah. Well, speaking of talk radio, I want you, before we end, to talk a little bit about Social Villains. Sure. I've listened to a few episodes now and I love the premise. So in your own words, can you introduce our listeners to the premise? Yeah. Social okay. Villains. So Social Villains... Uh, Started as uh, it's Gene Getman and I, another comedian in New York City, who was constantly on the verge of quitting. Uh, is he really? Uh, he says he is, but then you know, yeah. I was just with him at New York Comedy Club on Thursday, so I don't, you know, who knows. But we were. Um, it started as kind of like uh, I started a podcast by myself called One Classy Podcast, and <laughs> what, I, what I would do was <laughs> I would bring. What was the premise of that? The, it was it was essentially like a, so a tough crowd ripoff, okay. like a tough crowd with Colin Quinn. Yeah. Um, it was a show that I loved growing up, and um, the idea was to I would host it, and then I'd bring two comedians in, and we would talk about a bunch of topics that day and that week, and just like start talking about whatever. And then Gene did it. Um, and he said to me afterwards, like, hey, man, like, I had a great time, and I think that you're, like, good at this, and, you know, I think that, you know, I would love to do this with you, and we could do this, like, a co-host it and everything, and, like, I think it'd be fun, let me know. So we started doing it. You know, we started just, like, you know, I had to make it clear to Gene because he's not a worker. Uh, I was like, <laughs> I was like, we have to do it every Sunday. This, you know, there's no weeks off. Like, we have to get an episode out every week. There's no, this isn't a debate. Like, these are what I need, this is what I need you to do for if you want to do this. So we just started doing the show, and it it went from this, like, topical, like, let's just get comedians talking about, you know, politics and whatever, to, like, um, really um, defending people who got in trouble for saying bad things. It was kind of like a an attempt to be the counter to, like, overly PC culture, because I was at a fever pitch in the last year of, like, the Obama administration, or the last, like, year and a half, in our opinion, where people were getting fired for, like, like saying, like, like telling a joke, or, like, mm-hmm. say, calling someone a faggot, and then, like, their job was just gone, mm-hmm. you know? They're like, oh, that person doesn't work here anymore because he said faggot. And we're just like, well, that doesn't seem fair. So that was, like, it was, like, a response to that. And then it kind of has evolved into... We do some conspiracy theories. We do some, um, like, society and cultural things. Because society really is shifting in front of our eyes. Um, I would say as rapidly as something like the 60s, um, an era like that. Because I think part of it is technology. So etiquette is really changing. Now we have, like, smartphones around you. Like, con- like I'm literally, we all have our phones. Well, I have my phone on the table. I thought yep. you guys did too. I, mine's hiding over here. But she yeah, everybody's, like, you have a screen in front of you all the time, and, and things are moving so much faster, and, and etiquette is changing, because this would have never been allowed, like, 20 years ago to just have a cell phone on the table and just, like, be checking it when you're talking to people. Yeah. But now it's like, yeah, it's kind of acceptable. Do what you gotta so do. culture's changing. The way people think is changing. The way people interact with each other is changing, and what is being acceptable because certain um, um, 
corners of the culture are being propelled into the mainstream, like the LGBT community now. It's like trans rights is a is an argument. Like that, there's something now that you know the bathroom thing, and and mm-hmm. you know, uh, we did a story last week about this kid with the genderless birth certificate. That was the episode I listened oh, to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's very good. Yeah. So we start like those type of conversations are what we attempt to, and we're kind of mocking it a little bit too, because we don't take anything seriously. We're comedians. Yeah, you know, we're you're comedians. Not, like, we're not trying not to have a this serious American podcast. life. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I mean, I think again, I'm not an expert on podcasting. I listen to one episode, but internet listeners, if you're interested, I think. It definitely like will needle you a little bit, it does, but it, yeah. like it makes you think, and it doesn't. It's not offensive, and I mean at least right. in the one that maybe you are worse than others. Some but. episodes are. Has there ever been anything that you like? You had a guest Ooh. on, and you were like, "This is too much. We can't release this." Has that ever happened? The, there was only one time we couldn't release an episode, and it was because we got the guy in trouble, uh, uh, and he almost lost his. And this is exactly what we were trying to fight against. So we yeah. had um, Curtis Sliwa uh, is a is a New York. Like celebrity kind of he, he I, I worked for him I produced his his radio show was Curtis and Kubi and uh, he just kind of did it as a favor we didn't you know he, he was kind of in the midst of a controversy that week and we had him on to just like like talk about whatever and he kind of like told us about uh, you know his story with the guardian angels or whatever and um, and we also were just talking about like his his times in the '70s because he was like a celebrity in like the the '80s where he was like in at every nightclub and like he was mm-hmm. on the scene, and uh, he had gotten some heat for saying something on our radio show about um, about the city council speaker. Wow. Yeah, and that like made I think it was the front page of the Daily News when it happened. Um, and he like there was so he, there was like the microscope was on him, and then he did our podcast, and we released a teaser that he like retweeted, and I, I just cut out what I thought was the funniest part of the episode, which is when you know him, Gene, and I got into a conversation about like trying to seduce lesbians at a nightclub, <laughs> like like yeah maybe like if they're like lipstick lesbians, you might be able to flip them and like that kind of oh stuff. My God. Which I didn't see. I don't see. think that that's, offen- that's I, that offensive. Well, you no, just said, oh I mean, my God, so. Well, no, I mean, I think it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not personally offended by it, but I feel like if I were a lipstick lesbian, I would probably be like, that's insulting to my but why? No, but there's a lot of female comedians. Well, like, I've heard, like, I've heard the bit before where female comedians, they have bits where they're like, if straight guys don't get it together, like, I mean, the lesbians are just like, waiting in the course, wings, yeah, you know? Everybody yeah. has that yeah. hot take. <laughs> yeah. You know, I don't think that that's... Yeah. I'm going gay. But is that what... Going gay in Canada. It, yeah. You cut that part out. Well, what happened was, was we had to... So I, we, like, we just put that teaser out as like a two-minute, like, hey, this is what's coming out tomorrow. Like, Curtis mm-hmm. was on the show or whatever. And um, the Daily News picked it up. And, and they were like... They wrote a whole thing about it that was like, hey, like... Um, you know, so Curtis did this, and they insulted the shit out of our podcast oh, too. No. They were like, they were like, he, Curtis was on the Social Villains podcast, which at that time had thirty-four followers on SoundCloud. Like, they, they had a mere forty-five. That's more than we have. I think. Yeah. So, so they got like written up, and and like I, I, I felt there was like a backlash coming, and yeah, I work with. I, yeah, at that time, I worked with Curtis. Well, you have to be respectful. Of yeah. So I just, I just, I didn't want to get, and Curtis's life is like, he's got a bunch of child support that he's got to pay. Like, I didn't want him to lose any jobs. So I, I, that was the first person we had had. And it's funny because this was the thing that I was always nervous about because we are horrible. I, like, I know (laughs) we, we, and I don't, I, I, I get nervous inviting people on because I don't want to get anybody in trouble, especially if they have a career. Like, I don't want people to be like, they did our podcast and now they fucking regret it because 
you know, Gene said the N-word, and they were in the room, so now they lost their job at, you know, at, yeah. at but, Spin Magazine or again, something. Again, it's crazy that we live in that type of world. Right. We're just associating with someone who uses inappropriate right. language is enough to, I mean, yeah. that's what you're... You know, yeah, and I mean, literally, it. this was this was the one of one. The time I actually invited yeah. somebody of like like merit you've on, had how, you know. You've had how many years have you been doing social villains? It's been on for a while. About three, yeah. roughly. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It takes a while to kind of We're like in build it for things. The long haul, yeah. You got to do it for like a long time to yeah. just kind of get totally. people because you find your and niche you and get people, your rhythm. You know, notable people. On, on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, we got something. We had Milo Yiannopoulos on. People, he called yeah. in the week that he called Leslie Jones an ape. Uh, it didn't wind up helping us a lot because <laughs> he, his, he got banned from Twitter. So yeah. it couldn't oh, be yeah. retweeted or anything. Oh, but no. It was, you know, yeah, we get some... We get some and I did you know. listen. I was texting Shay because I was, like, laying in bed and I was, like, looking through your stuff and I listened to the Donald Trump interview episode and I went oh, on the same journey yeah. you did, Mike. <laughs> I, I believed so it. That was so fucking It was funny. Well, it was comedic. We it was had, really funny. We literally had... I, I was, loved it. I, I was producing at WABC when we did that episode. Yeah. And, and he was doing shows on our station. Yeah. So, like, he did... No, the I way miss, Gene played it was... Perfect. Yeah. Well, and, it was and amazing. My first clue should have been, so for the listener, we did it when during the oh, election so cycle, good. when Trump was doing press on every show, we reached out to him. We got the contact through Mark Levin's producer, mm-hmm. and we were. I was like, hey, like, like, can I send this to his people? Like, do you mind giving up the contact? And he, he gave me the contact, and then I gave it to Gene. I was like, we should we should email yeah. this person, try to get him on. So we emailed him, but Gene said that he was one that emailed him. He's like, yeah, I already sent it. Like, it's worth It's cool. We've yeah. already said, Gene, yeah. not doing the work. Right. And that should have been my first yeah. fucking clue that it wasn't going to happen. So then Gene texted me. I was a, We record on Sundays. Gene texted me at, like, midnight on a Saturday after I had been doing shows at the Lantern. And I was, like, tired. And, and he goes, dude... Trump's people like just got back to me. They said he can he can squeeze us in tomorrow and do like a twelve minute interview. Like like, you know, holy shit, holy shit. Like, he played it like like, Very dude, well. we got Trump because yeah. it wasn't that ridiculous yet that we could have gotten him. Yeah, like, it was yeah. still at the point still where he was like he was doing everything. He was doing yeah. every press that he could. Um, and we like mentioned WABC and stuff. So I was like, maybe he thinks this is legitimate and doesn't <laughs> give a shit. And. Um, we do. I, I stay up all night preparing for an interview, like Aww. like researching, like trying to know, to, you know, about yeah. all that stuff. And then, you know, we're doing the podcast, and and it's you know we're like anticipating Trump coming on, and the phone rings, and the first like couple questions, I ask him, and I'm like nervous and everything, and. The responses are like kind of short, and yeah. and I'm like I'm like all right, okay, we're building a rapport <laughs> with Trump. So you didn't. So you. It wasn't like immediately that you didn't know it was him. I knew like probably by then. like the end of the second question yeah. when he started like like saying yeah. you know when he uh, started sounding like it was a, it was our friend Jason Scoop who's right. an impersonator, a impersonator yeah. oh, who was go. doing a Trump impression, and I fucking it lost funny. it. Yeah. I was very mad. I walked out of the studio because yeah. I, I oh, spent no. all night. Oh, no. I didn't sleep. I got yeah. two hours of sleep because I was I was in, trying interviewing the potential sure. president of the United States. Yeah, that's and it a big wound deal up being, you on your you know. career. Yeah, for oh. sure. Right. That's awesome. Well, all right, kids. I'm so sorry. This is a good place I think to we end. Have to wrap it Mike, up. where can yeah. where can we find you? Social villains. Yeah, yeah social villains is on iTunes. If people and want to legitimately follow you on. Yeah, Twitter. yeah. You can check out uh, subscribe on iTunes uh, for social villains, and you can also follow me on Twitter at Mike Coscarelli, also on Instagram at Mike Coscarelli. 
And uh, I think that's it. I'm gonna Do you be... want to spell Coscarelli? Oh, yeah. yeah, that's... We'll, uh, we'll put all the links to, but... <laughs> C-O-S-C-A-R-E-L-L-I. Awesome. Thank you thank, so much. Awesome. Thank you guys for, for having me very yeah, much. I appreciate course. it. I had thank a great you time. so much. Yay. Um, and everyone, just if you haven't done it yet, subscribe to Camp Adulthood on iTunes and follow us on Insta and Twitter at Camp underscore Adulthood. And email hello at CampAdulthood.com. Because we need more stories, please. All right. All right. Bye. Thank you. Bye, guys.